0: We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. They found a better way to mortgage so you can focus on making your new house home. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage, get your Rocket Mortgage on, son. Our toll-free line, 855-2124-CBS is brought to you by GEICO. Great news, you can save a bunch of money if you switch to GEICO. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. I think that uh, Delo's hairdo looks like he's got a tarantula living on top of his head. What what is that do he's rocking? I, honestly, have you ever seen anything like it? It looks like he's got like tarantula legs coming off the tops of his head on both sides. I don't even know what that is. Someone actually told him he looks good. I mean, generally when I get a really bad cut, everyone lets me know. You know what I mean? They're like, bro, your hairdo. What's with your hair, man? You look terrible, Pharrell. What have you done, Pharrell? And then what? This guy has bad cuts and people don't say anything to him? Like, bro, you look like a tarantula. No, Nobody, I mean, come on, there's got to be, is there like a chick or something? Don't they say something to you when you look like an idiot? There's no one that'll tell you you look like an idiot? Because I've been known to look like an idiot. And people tell me, they're like, yo, you look like an idiot. And then I'm like, drag. So there you go. Uh, Thursday night football. You see, you know, Mike Tomlin doesn't uh, care about short week football. So I do not have an opinion, nor do I care. I'm not involved in the making of the schedule. We will be there for the game. You know, uh, Tomlin has reached the acceptance phase. Others are still stuck in anger. John Gruden made it clear uh, that... uh, Last week, that he's not a fan of the short week football. I hate this. I don't believe in this Thursday football stuff. I'm not going to be on uh, a soapbox anymore about that. It hurts us. It hurts both teams. The prep, I take a lot of pride in getting our guys ready to play. We need a little time to do that, but a lot of people disagree with me. Carver, what do you think of Thursday night football? Do you have a problem with it? I I think it's kind of lame. It's good for us. There's a game on every Thursday, but there's generally other sports on anyway. We could live without it.
1: I don't think it's ideal. I really don't. I don't think the product is as good. Uh, every once in a while, you get a good game, but for the most part, you get garbage. I, I mean, honestly, you do. And because
0: they're not,
3: there's
1: no uh, rest. Three days there's off. No, there's just there's you don't no have prep. the you don't have the same prep. You don't have the same rest. You don't just travel. Travel. If you're the road team, you're at such a disadvantage. I just other than Thanksgiving Day, that's different. Uh, you know, but all year long.
0: I don't know. And they're never going to change it.
1: Oh, it's oh, it ain't going anywhere now. Forget it. Because there's it, too much money involved. They do it every week now. I mean, except for the last week of the year, they do it every single week. Play Thursday Night Football. It is. And it's not just, I mean, it's on national TV. It's on Fox. I mean, it's right. at least half the games, whatever it is. Two-thirds of the games are on Fox. The rest are on NFL Network, whatever the deal is. But it is a moneymaker, and it is going nowhere. Bottom line.
0: Mafia, your uh, team... Uh, the owner's brother, Chris Johnson, who's, didn't his brother, would he go off to like Ireland or something? And then the brother's running things. He said today, he met with reporters and said that Gase has his trust as well as the trust of Joe Douglas, the GM moving forward, and that the Jets have absolutely no plans whatsoever uh, now or in the off season to get rid of Adam Gase. There's just No way they're getting rid of him is what they're saying. Do you believe him, and uh, are you indifferent toward that, or how do you feel about Gase uh, that he's not going anywhere?
3: Well, I'm not going to believe him because I hope it's not true because, honestly, the way they're looking, it's absolutely terrible. You can say all you want about the relationship he has with Sam Darnold. Darnold's not playing well, and last week was the first game he played well because it was besides the Cowboy game because it was just a terrible defense. You know? All of us could throw in the ball against that defense and got some completions. He played good against Dallas, which is a better team. But other than that, he's looked absolutely terrible. The offense has been unimaginative and just over-conservative and not gotten it going. He's barely used Le'Veon Bell. I mean, you paid how much money for this guy in the offseason and you're not giving him touches? I don't know why he has that confidence if he actually does. Maybe this is just a ploy to get people to leave him alone for a couple weeks and see if they can get better. But unless they show a huge improvement in the second half, I don't think there's any reason. Don't that you think
0: uh, that that Bell is more about – it's not as as much to me about touches as it is when he has had the ball, he's done nothing with it. He has done nothing with the Jets.
3: Yeah, their offensive line has been trash and not given him any space. So the guy can't really do anything. I mean, it just shows as much as we like to say that he created everything in Pittsburgh, you do have to have some blocking in order to get some space. And he has not gotten that in New York whatsoever. They've been in the backfield every play, whether it's him running the ball or Darnold passing. Teams are just blitzing them like crazy and finding huge holes to go right through. And then, you know, as far as the Gase thing, again, Johnson's been terrible as an owner. And, of course, Douglas, you know, gives his support because Gase is the reason Douglas is there. Gase came in and shoved out McCagnon and pretty much put the rubber stamp on this guy getting hired. It's his buddy. So, yeah, he's going to support him. He's the reason he has a job. But if this guy goes another one and seven or whatever it is to end the season, you have to get rid of him. You can't go as bad as they did. You know, for the first half of this year, and repeat that, and think you know what? We have something here.
0: So, Carver, how do you think they'll if they go? He's saying if they go one and seven the rest of the way, and that they will fire him, and they're saying they're not firing him at all. They're not th- going to fire him. I don't think they are either. They're not.
1: Christopher Johnson's an idiot. I think they're going to um, keep
0: him for at least two years. At very, at the very least, they signed him to what, like remember, a 4 year deal. These guys deal.
1: are friends. Douglas and Gase are friends, and Christopher Johnson's a moron. He just hired Douglas, whatever. This, like, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Douglas hasn't gotten a chance yet to put his stamp on the team. He came in after free agency, after the draft, after all that stuff was done and over with. So this is going to be his turn now to make the roster, whatever it is that he wants to in make In the season. And Gase is his friend, so you know him and Gase are tight, so he's going to say the same thing. Well, we're going to do this together. We're going to get together. We're going to get and together it. and do this our way, whereas last offseason, Gase just got hired. McCagnan was doing whatever he was doing. He's not going to get fired this year. He just isn't. So this, I is like, this is like
0: a wasted year.
1: This is a wasted year. And it's do hard. you and do
0: you feel Bell's been a failure?
1: Yeah, but I, it's hard because Le'Veon Bell is the type of player that needs—
0: uh, I'm How not, do you not throw the I'm ball to that he guy can't, underneath?
1: Yeah, I'm not saying that he can't win games by himself. I mean, he's a running back. It's the NFL. Quarterback's really the only position that can, quote-unquote, win games by themselves. He needs running backs. Need good offensive lines. They need to put the ball in their hands. They need, you know, running backs need touch and, touches, and open spaces. It's, it's hard for me to blame Le'Veon Bell. You know, he just hasn't gotten a ride. Do you or think they should? Looks.
0: I mean, do you remember in Pittsburgh they used to throw the that little dumb pass to him all right. day? Why, do, why don't the Jets do that? It's amazing well, to me. All they do is hand off to him up the middle, and he never gets any yards. Why not let him get outside and pop off the line and catch a pass for five yards and then take off? That's what he does best.
1: Because I don't think that they have the personnel. How to set, stupid set, are they? They don't have the personnel to set that play up. Their <laughs> offensive line sucks. Is that not the most ridiculous thing ever? It is what it is. Their offensive line sucks. The Steelers had it all those years. They have good offensive lines. Right. They could, they could run that play. And – the other thing the Steelers have is they have an, they had an explosive down-the-field passing attack with Big Ben, Antonio Brown, all these guys when Bell was there, where you had to worry about Ben throwing the football. You you could key in on Le'Veon Bell with the Jets. Right. Everybody can run to him when he's getting that screen pass. You know, there's just yeah. – it's a different situation for him.
0: All right, uh, George in Pittsburgh on the fan. You're on CBS Sports Radio.
4: Hey, Scotty, how you doing, man? What's happening, George? Hey, nothing. Hey, Pharrell or uh, yeah, for, Let me uh, let me let me tell you this. Can I do one thing real quick? Yeah. Shagadoo. Oh, shagadoo. Yeah. How how good was that on a scale from one to ten?
0: That was strong. It was a very strong yeah. effort.
4: Shagadoo.
0: I'll give uh, you that. About
4: an eight. Probably about an eight. I like let it. Let me ask you this. As far as Le'Veon Bell goes, the uh, the offensive line of Pittsburgh has a definitely been carrying or carried what he did but
0: how how do you blame him for what he's doing but did
4: Pittsburgh not offer him more
0: than what New York They State? did and I you know what's even more bizarre is that allegedly that when they were going to trade him at the deadline uh, they wanted to, the Jets allegedly wanted to dump that contract they didn't want to keep him and they talked to several teams and they couldn't get an offer good enough and one of the teams that they allegedly talked to was the Steelers. Now, Tomlin said he knew nothing of that, so I don't really know who to believe. I cannot fathom that that guy who who sat out for an entire year and screwed his teammates and the Steelers and the city and the fans, I can't even fathom that he would, you know, want to go back there, uh, you know, that he would want to go back and play for the Steelers after all of that drama. I just don't believe he wants to play in Pittsburgh so uh, I never really bought it. I just thought that was a bogus story that he was going to get traded back to the Steelers. I thought it was kind of candy ass uh, journalism. I didn't think it was a true story at all but I do believe they tried to move him and I think they looked for a sucker to bite the you know the bait and give him draft picks and money whatever for Bell uh, players and and draft picks but you know, it didn't happen, and now he's he's stuck with the Jets. Now, I don't know if that means they'll try to get rid of him mafia in the off season because they paid him all this money, and he's been absolutely worthless. I mean, wh- why wouldn't they try to get rid of him?
3: I mean, they might take some calls again. I think both Bell and Adams in the same kind of situation where, you know, it was more of people reaching out to them and trying to pry those guys away than them actively shopping them, and they're saying, you know what, we're going to listen, and if we get a good enough offer, hell, we got to rebuild other spots, we'll take it, but – I don't think they actually want to get rid so of. So you think
1: own. he's staying? I think he's staying. I don't think he'll be on the Jets next year.
0: Yeah, I have a hard
1: time <laughs> just, just for that. just not that he's not a great player, and it's his anything's his fault this year. I remember those stories when they signed him, where it was like, "Well, Gase didn't want to give him that money." Right now, Gase and Douglas are the guys making the call. So they're going to deal him. I think that if they now if they get offered nothing, no, they're not going
0: to cut him. What about on draft day they trade him? I'm
1: just saying, if if they got a decent offer for him, I think that they would do it. If they're getting offered a bag of balls, no, they're going to keep him. Right, they're not going to flat out cut the guy. But they're going to, if they got something for him, they will trade him.
0: George, let me ask you a question: Do you think the Steelers will win in Cleveland tomorrow night?
4: Listen, as far as Pittsburgh goes. Do you think James Conner is truly a three-down back that, that like that Le'Veon Bell was? I mean, I don't, I don't think I don't think James Conner is the back that Pittsburgh wishes he was. I understand he's a hometown guy, I get all of that, but he's nothing that Le'Veon Bell was, especially behind the offensive line that we hold. They're, like there, there's no way.
0: Yeah, they're not the same. They're not the same player. And I'll give you this: all that stuff about being from there and a hometown boy and all that other nonsense. Who cares about that? Bottom line is this: is that he's got all the talent in the world, but he is always injured. And I, I have a real, uh, you know, serious doubt in his ability to last in the NFL with the Steelers. Uh, he is not. Uh, he's not sturdy. He just, he gets injured every, it's like every game he plays, he ends up, you know, cripple. And I just, uh, I, you know, I, I can't have a guy that's just never playing be my number one. Uh, you know, he's your number one back and he, and he carries the load and then he, he, you know, he misses three of every four games. I just, I can't have it now. I guess I'm hearing he's going to be back tomorrow night, but, uh, how long before he's out again? How about uh, he'll play Thursday and be injured again. I, I, you know, I can't take it. The guy never is healthy, and it just is. He's just not anything to me. He just has been average at best. Uh, he's had a, a great run, you know, last year when he put up all those numbers. When Bell was sitting out and he was healthy, and he put up big numbers, and he matched Bell's numbers and did all this stuff, and then everybody fell for it and thought this is the future. This this guy's the answer. And what he's been ever since is, uh, you know. On the sideline, you're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855-212-4227 is the number to get on the bench. Andy Larson covers the Jazz for the great Salt Lake Trib and Salt Lake Shakers, and he's on the bench tonight. How you doing, Andy? Hey, I'm doing well. How about you? I'm good, brother. Hey, so I was talking about uh, the Jazz last night on the show, you know. Uh, I think they won the game or whatever last night. They pulled away late. And I was, uh, you know, talking about how this is the game that they beat the Nets. I was watching it, and Mitchell had 30. And uh, Gobert had about 18 and 15. But the thing that I was talking about is how uh, that crowd there. Now, you've covered the team. Uh, They are a hostile bunch. I mean, to tell you, you go in there, you go to that building and play, you're going to have – you're going to get the business full on from their fans. They are – I mean – I, I, you have to describe it to me. What, what do you think of it? Because, uh, you know, there's been a lot of guys, Westbrook can't stand it there. He's had problems, this and that. I think they're great fans, but I I think they are hostile and they, they get crazy. Am I, am I off base with this?
2: No, you're not, you know, that's, that's totally kind of the rep that Vivin Arena and, and the Jazz have around, around the NBA. You know, I think it's, we, we talked to Nets coach Kenny Atkinson before last night's game, and he said, yeah, this is the hardest tough, hardest tough place to play in the NBA, and I think it, it's a couple of things, right? I mean, I think it's a fan base that doesn't have anyone else to, to support. You know, it's the only pro team here in Utah, and so I think there's a lot of emotion and a lot of good and bad emotion that comes out of that. I think it's a kind of uniquely constructed arena where, I don't know if you've been here before but it's the the stands are kind of more vertical than you normally get in a basketball arena and so it kind of feels like they're on top of you and, and so as a result just everything's a little bit closer to the action and, and so it you
0: know you really kind of do feel the the impact of the fans uh have on on a night-to-night basis so uh i thought the bogdanovich winner the other night against the uh bucks was huge And they are tough to play uh, in that building, Uh, but they're flat out. They're just a really good uh, basketball team. I think they're, you know, they're in first place in the Northwest. Uh, They've rattled off four in a row over, you know, the Nets, Warriors, and Bucks and Sixers. I think three of those teams are awesome. The Warriors now are like a high school team, which is staggeringly (laughs) uh, noticeable. Like they're just every night getting whacked, but those other teams are all really good. And the Jazz beating them, I think it says something, don't you?
2: Yeah, I do, and you know, it's it was kind of after two kind of disappointing wins before that, and one of them against the Clippers. Obviously, that's a good team, but I think coming back to win that game against uh, the, the Sixers, and then like you said, beating the Bucks uh, on, on that game-winning shot, you know, I I think is is really impressive, and it shows kind of that the Jazz can win games in multiple ways. I thought, you know, it's they've they've got kind of the league's best defense, or in, in that top three again this year. Uh, and, and then now all, all of a sudden they've added these offensive weapons so you don't just have to rely on Donovan Mitchell anymore. You've got Bojan Bogdanovic, like you mentioned. You've got Mike Conley. You've got all these guys who can actually help out the offense in other ways. And so, you know, I think the Jazz have seen the fruits of that so far. Even if the offense hasn't, like, really figured it out all the way, you know, it being the first 10 games or whatever, uh, you know, it, it's it, they can kind of pull through and down the stretch in ways that,
0: they just couldn't last season. So, um, Andy Larson with us from the Salt trip. Do you think you saw the Warriors Monday night and, and the, you know, Jazz beat them easily, 122-108 or something like that. And yeah. Gobert did whatever he wanted. He was swatting shots. He, he had like, I don't know, double-double easy. So, what did you think when you saw that Warriors team compared to seeing them before? Were you stunned to see how badly times have hit them?
2: Yeah, they look like imposters in those uniforms, right? I mean, yeah, c- completely. And it, it's it's one of those things where Draymond Green looks completely lost without having good players without around him. You know, I I thought he's a he's a legitimate All Star in his prime, but when he doesn't have a Steph Curry or or Klay Thompson to set screens for and. Open up things for their offense. And then defensively, it's just like it's it's a nightmare. I mean, I I think they're the worst defensive team in the league. They've got all these G League guys who are trying to fit in and learn how to play, you know, professional basketball on, on the fly at the beginning of this regular season. Uh, it's I mean, right today they were down to eight players on their roster, eight healthy guys that they can play. I mean, it it's, it's just kind of a nightmare, and it, it's it's one of those things where I I think it's uh, really unusual for an NBA team to go from first to worst this quickly. Um, But, hey, that's, I guess, kind of the the player movement era that we're in a little bit, and then obviously
0: the injuries, too. So they go to uh, Memphis uh, Friday night against Ja Moran, who hit a game winner at the buzzer tonight on the road in in Charlotte. My buddy went to that game in uh, Charlotte. And then you go back home to Salt Lake Shakers and have a home-and-home, I guess, on a Monday-Wednesday with Minnesota, and they're a tough team. And then Golden State, New Orleans at home. So uh, that's a nice little stretch, you know, despite the long trip to Memphis. Uh, that's a long trip to go to Memphis for one night and then fly all the way back, don't you think? Yeah,
2: yeah I mean, it's it's a long trip, but I think it's it's going to be kind of an emotional game because that's Mike Conley's return after playing 12 years in Memphis. And so you're, you're not really sure ever how those games will turn out, you know. Uh, I, I think the fan base will be pretty pro Mike Conley after, you know, what he gave them as their – franchise's leading scorer um and and, you know i think we'll see how that game turns out but i think you're right like the rest of the schedule and and over the next week and a half or so are are pretty winnable games i mean the timberwolves have had a good start to the season so i I don't think it's wise to say hey the jazz should win both of those but probably one and one you know you split at home and road uh, on on that kind of back-to-back and then you're right like pelicans warriors back-to-back both of those games at home those are
0: Two easy wins that you, you really should chalk up at this point of the season, right? Yeah, no doubt. So uh, if you were to compare him, like I love Conley's game. I think he's sick. But I thought Ricky Rubio played well there, and he's doing well in Phoenix for sure with Baines and those guys Booker, and they've been surprising to say the least. Yeah. What do you think of Mike Conley comparing him to having Rubio?
2: Yeah, it's it's honestly just the threat of having Mike Conley, a guy who can shoot has opened up a ton for Donovan Mitchell for Bojan Bogdanovic. And, and honestly, even Rudy Gobert at the rim. I mean, that was kind of the problem during the playoffs last year or, you know, the last two years when Ricky was at the point is that when it, when it came really down to it, you didn't have to defend him. You know, you could help off Ricky to stop Donovan from driving or whatever this, the situation was. And, and so uh, I, I, you know, that's the biggest difference I noticed is, you know, I think both of those guys are pretty good passers. Both of those guys are pretty good decision makers. Calmly's, a lot smaller than Ricky Rubio is, you know, listed at six zero rather than six three like Rubio is, but um, is, is still a pretty good defender. But just that ability that Conley can hit open shots and Ricky Rubio can't always, I think, has kind of changed how defenses guard that's Jazz team.
0: What do you think of Spida in his uh, development? Because he's uh, turned into a rock star. I love the way he just wants to get to the rack.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And like he's he's been so much more efficient this year, and you know, again, it's 11 games, but uh, his making more of his threes, he's getting to the rim, he's getting, like you say, to the free throw line more. That's what happens when you drive to the rim. Um, and, And honestly, I think his his defense has gotten a lot better. You know, when he was with the World Cup team with Greg Popovich, that was kind of apparently their focus over there. Is hey, we want you to be a defender, uh, the guy who uh, uh, guards the opposing best player. And, and so he's been much better on that end of the floor. So, you know, I think this is – there were, I think there was kind of some noise last year that Donovan Mitchell was kind of a star in name only, maybe a guy that got a shoe contract too soon and those kind of things, wins the dunk contest and has the athleticism but not really the juice behind his game. Uh, and, and he's turned that around so far this year. You know, he's, he's really been kind of as good as
0: advertised and maybe even better. So do you think um... – <laughs> that Ingles game is going to get better. I mean, cause like he honestly, <laughs> yeah. cause he was like eight to 10 and now he's like somewhere around seven. Is he going backwards? Cause I kind of like his game. I don't know. It's kind of disappeared though.
2: Yeah, I know it's funny. Like, I mean, so first of all, he is kind of at the age where you might be worried about some regression, but despite that, you know, he was put on Kyrie Irving last night as his primary defender down the stretch of the fourth quarter. And, and Kyrie missed eight shots down the stretch of that game eight shots in a row in, in the fourth so um you know i i think the clearly the shooting hasn't been there for the first 11 games and i you know I, i'm not sure if that's because he's tired after playing in the world cup although obviously donovan mitchell did too um you know if it's a he's played 82 games for the last three and a half seasons he's currently got the league's longest consecutive game streak i don't know what it is um you know his his game is not like Athleticism based, right? So you'd think he'd still be able to shoot and get to the get to the rim in kind of the, the slow-mo Joe sort of way. But you're right, it's it's been a little bit uh he's been off the mark so far. And so we'll we'll see. Maybe it's the adjustment from going from the starting lineup to the bench, which is what he's done this year, but we'll see if he's able to pick it up. I, I personally think he'll probably be able to and, and maybe it takes a couple of weeks off. Maybe it takes breaking that consecutive game streak, but um you know, he's, he's, he's still a good skilled player. I mean, he, he really led Australia, him and Patty Mills to getting to the semifinals of of that world cup.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Andy Larson, lastly, I thought he looked good against Philly last week. He had a big game against them. And uh, last question real quick. Uh, I got under a minute respectfully. Uh, Do they, they love Quinn Snyder? Does he like it there? Does he love it?
2: Yeah. He just signed that extension. And honestly, I think he's one of the top five coaches in the NBA with, so good with that defensive system that's been so elite for as long as he's been here. And then offensively, I think he runs some really creative stuff. So he likes it here. I think he's here for the long term. Obviously he signed the contract and it's looking good so far.
0: All right. Hey, Andy, great stuff tonight on the jazz. Should be an interesting game in Memphis on Friday night. Thanks for coming on the bench, brother. Appreciate you. Hey, no problem. Thanks, sir. All right. Uh, Andy Larson from this uh, Salt Lake trip, the Blackhawks, I uh, have the lead now on the Vegas Golden Knights in Sin City 3-2, and they just had a penalty shot. Second
3: of the night. Second penalty shot. They had one forty four seconds in, and they missed it. And they missed this one. So they're 0 for 2 tonight. That guy just
0: missed. But that was Stone. He missed the entire. Was that him, or was that uh so? I guess it was Marcia. So. he missed the entire net. He, yeah. he shot Not it even close. 5-2. V- You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. All right! Don't forget to sign up for FarellOnA We're taking over the best cypher picks, top shelf results, killer price, unequal football snacks, hoops, please. FarellOnA Bench. is a slam dunk. Hockey winners, goal. Boxing, MMA, we're a knockout. FarellOnThe Bench. dot com. Sign up today. Every single week in college football, in the sixty percentile bracket, over sixty five percent winners in college football this season in my bets. And five out of ten weeks in the pros in the 70s, it's insanity. Hide the money from your wife, on PharrellOnTheBench.com. All right, 855-212-4227 is the number to get on the bench. Zach in California.
4: What's up, Pharrell? Can I get a pharrell and shot of uh, Fernet up in here?
0: Can we get him a shot and then a little beverage to go with it like a brewski shake? Oh. <laughs>
4: there you go. Hey, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. How's your betting league going this year?
0: Uh, it's going great. I mean, fantastic. Been killing it, as usual.
4: Excellent. Well, I follow you, so I appreciate all your betting. My man. Hey, man, uh, this Colin Kaepernick thing, man, I, I don't got a hot take on it, but I do believe that, uh, in my own opinion, he will get into back into the NFL. I know that this whole thing is a big PR thing because it's on a Saturday, this and that. And, uh, you know, the, the, first of all, the workouts, a a big PR thing, it's going to get a bunch of attention. It already has, but you know, whatever team Kaepernick ends up on, if he does, and in my opinion, he does that team's going to get a ton of, a ton of attention. It's just a bunch of, you know, it's a bunch of attention and, and, uh, You know, whether he's good or not, whether he's a backup or not, whatever, it's just exposure. What do you think about that?
0: I think, uh, you know, teams in the NFL aren't interested in that kind of exposure. I don't think they're interested in that kind of publicity. I think what they really want is, if if they want him at all, is someone that can produce on the football field. I think that they would rather, uh, you know, if they had an injury and they had to put him in the game, can the guy win? Can the guy Get it done. Can he complete passes? Can he move the ball? Can he uh, not turn the ball over? Can he be what he was when he uh, played with the Niners and went to the Super Bowl? Uh, I doubt that, but I know for a fact that guy's, you know, been working out and taking care of himself at a very high level. And, I mean, just absolutely is shredded and ripped and and has trained with, you know and been throwing the ball with tons of players over the last couple of years. And just non-stop working out. I know the guy's been on a you know steady diet of daily regimen workouts like insanity. And so, you know, uh, it, it's simple. I, I think a lot of teams are going to show up there with somebody. They're going to send somebody to go watch him work out. A lot of them aren't. I, I'd say about half, you know. My guess is 15 or 16 teams are going to show up there. We've already uh, seen several of them admit that they're going to send somebody And I think, you know, the likely, you know, scenarios, I was looking at it, you know, last night we were talking about it. And, and, you know, today I was looking at it as well. And I think that there's several obvious uh, teams that would be interested in, you know, possibly, uh, you know, acquiring him. You know, I don't know. There's so many, like the Dolphins, the Bucks, the uh, Bengals, the Titans. I think the Broncos probably and the Bears uh, would certainly have to be uh, willing to watch in the Redskins uh, situation. I think the Redskins are going with Haskins the rest of the year now. We don't know if anything's going to happen to him, but in terms of injuries and, and the like. But, I mean, uh, it, it is a PR stunt, but it's still, uh, you know, a workout. He's going to do like a pro day, and he's going to do his thing, and and hopefully uh, he'll do well, and people will interview him, and, and maybe he'll get a gig out of it. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, this year. I don't know if it's... Uh, you know, a meeting of the minds for next year. You know, like, we're interested in you in the offseason. We'd be willing to talk about a deal to play next year. It could be something like that. But, you know, I think there are teams that uh, certainly, you know, and some people would say the Chargers because Phillip Rivers is getting old and and no one wants to admit it, but he's not doing what he uh, did last year. That's for sure. He's kind of fallen off pretty hard. And there might be possibly... You know, a chance that they'd be interested. Bottom line is, the guy can can sling it. There's no doubt he can. He's in great shape. I know he's you know been in impeccable workout condition type you know environments every day of his of his life in a, in his existence after you know the protests and his you know whatever you want to call it infamy. I mean, the bottom line is, is the guy. I said this last night. He was you know. On the cover of Time, the guy's uh, known now all over the world because of what he stood for and what he did. And you got to commend him for that. I mean, he lost his football career because of it. And we'll see if he ever gets it back. And I think Saturday's the beginning of that, uh, you know, process. 855-212-4227. JT in Birmingham on the jocks. Yo, bro, I didn't
2: want to talk about that Auburn-Georgia game. Right. Uh, I know Auburn, they – don't probably have a chance at getting Georgia, but if they do beat Georgia and
0: Alabama, what do you think their chances is of getting in the national championship or even a playoff? Well, if they beat Georgia and they beat Alabama, then they're going to play, it would appear to me, right, LSU in the SEC championship game if they win both those games. So, right, Carver High, I mean, that's what would happen. If they, if they beat both of them, they'd not, be in. Not necessarily. No? They, they
1: have two conference losses already. They, they've lost two games. They lost to Florida. They lost to LSU. Um, they are not going to. I know this. It it sucks to hear. I, I don't think that they can get into the playoff with two losses. I'm not talking about
0: the playoff. I'm talking about the SEC championship.
1: Um, no, but well, they would have to beat Alabama. They have to. No, beat- LSU has one conference. Has zero losses right now. LSU is going to win the West. They so that's get a, it. They can't get into, unless LSU loses a couple games here to, right, you know, whoever over the next few weeks, it's not going to no, happen. No,
0: listen, let's just focus on reality, okay, JT? I, the reality is this, is that they're playing Georgia on Saturday at home, and they have to beat them, and, and that's it. That That's the deal. Knock off Georgia, and then everything else will take care of itself. I think that's the reality of it. I think they can beat them. I think they're going to be uh, licking their chops for Georgia at Jordan Hare. I really do. I think it's going to be a good game. I think people that just think Georgia's a, a, a cakewalk, you know, that they're going to walk through there like to tiptoe through the tulips and just, you know, go to Auburn and win easily. Maybe, maybe they will. I don't see it. I think that it's going to be a good game, and I, you know, my guess is Auburn shows up for the whole game, and it's it's intense. I think that'll come down to the last couple possessions, if you ask me. Joe in Milwaukee, you're on the bench.
5: Pharrell, how's it going? Hey, man. I need a JMO. Shake out.
0: Ooh. Oh, a little JMO, Mafia. Shake out. Ooh.
5: Hey, I called you a couple weeks ago. I told you I just got out of prison. Right. I made a stupid mistake. That's yeah. all right. My life, totally, my life totally turned around, man. Somebody gave me a shot. And I'm back working at a law firm. Not scooping bacon anymore. Life's good, bro.
0: That's great, man. I'm excited for you. That's, that's fantastic.
5: Yeah, so am I. So, hey, I wanted to talk about the... Uh, the Sixers in the box. You know, when I came here, I traded the, uh, I told her I'd root for the box if she root for, rooted for the Phillies. And I was going to take the Sixers back. And, uh, you know, I just can't. I, I hate Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid is, he's hurt all the time. I, I just don't like why him. Why would you, why I'm should gonna, you, I, why should you
0: root for Philly? Just because what your girlfriend does? No, no, I, I'm from Philly. Oh,
5: you're from there. And I said, if you, I said, I told her, all right, if you root for the Phillies, then I'll root for the Bucks because the Bucks are her team, and she liked the Bucks.
0: Right? You, you don't and like after, the Bucks? After
5: we, after we, and I, didn't, I didn't, care about the Bucks, you know. And I thought that uh, after we broke up, that uh, you know I could take the Sixers back and like them, but I kind of fallen in love with the Bucks, and Yannis owns this. So, town.
0: so wait, you you've fallen in love with the Bucks, and you've broken up with her.
5: Yeah, I know. Isn't
0: like, like, What, ha- crazy, what happened there?
5: I mean, look, I'm living in Packer Country. I'm still an Eagles fan. I'm still. A I understand fan.
0: that, but why did you break up with her? I remember, I stole her car. Oh yeah, so so that was what did it. That's why you went to jail because you stole her. car. So she broke up with you because you 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 picked her car. Well, we were already broken up, and then uh, well,
5: I decided to take my car back that I gave her. Well, that was a
0: strong effort on your part. I liked it. The car was in the garage. I like that. I remember this whole story now. It's a strong effort on your part to, you know, strong arm, uh, strong arm, power move to get the car back. I like that. So I'm rooting for you and the Bucs at this point. I'm just glad you got a job and everything's going well. Cal in Seattle. Hey Pharrell. Hey. Hey, I just, I just got a, a question. It looks like Rutgers is
5: probably going to uh, rehire Greg Schiano. Right. And two years ago, you know, he was going to be the coach at Tennessee until there was that backlash because he committed the unforgivable crime of being an assistant under Joe Paterno when uh, Sandusky was there. Personally, I don't care who Rutgers hires. Uh, but if they do hire Shavano, Sh- uh, Shiano, I'm all for it, just to give a big middle finger to the uh, social justice warriors out there. Thank you very much. There you go.
1: Well, this, l- this was Tennessee fans who didn't want him to be the coach. So what are they waiting that's, for? That's what, uh, what are they waiting for on this
0: deal? Not all these demands, really, are they? I don't know what the deal I heard he met was, with the governor. With what, a
1: bunch of times. What
0: does now. the governor have to do with it?
1: I'm not 100% sure. Look,
0: what does Murphy have to do with the Rutgers job?
1: Well, I mean, it's the state university. I have no idea I, what the, what the deal is with with that. But he, nobody knows how to win at that program besides him. He's the only one who's ever done it. I, I, give him whatever he
0: wants. Just give him the deal
1: because he's not going to get a job anywhere else. And they, he, he, they both need each other.
0: And they it's need each other. And the school is a disaster with sports. I mean, why not just bring the guy back? He's the only guy that ever did anything. What are you waiting for, you idiots?